The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, I'm Rebecca Lowe, host of NBC's coverage of the Premier League. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Plus, be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Hello, everyone. Ahmed Farid, Robbie Earl, Kyle Martino here in studio as we speak right now. The team news for Palace and Bournemouth are at the bottom of your screen. As we sit here right now on a Tuesday, I don't know what is more shocking. One, Man City's place in the standings, or two, what's going on with Kyle's facial hair. <laughs> Both are frightening right now. We, don't, <laughs> we didn't know. We didn't expect that. Good to see it, though. I'm very unexpected. It's a good look. We didn't expect to see Man City mm. where they are right now. Let's talk now. about Man City. You, you don't want to chime in on no, Kyle's no, no, no. Let's okay. just go move on. Let's leave it there. Uh, so, Man City, here mm. we are. They've had yeah. some injuries, yes, but how surprised are you that they're 11 points behind Liverpool and third in the Premier League right now? I am surprised, and I want to take it in a slightly left field in, in terms of they've almost become victims of their own success. You know, two seasons ago, 100 points, first time ever by a Premier League team. Not even Manchester United in the heyday were able to do that. 98 points last season, one above Liverpool. You know, they've set a benchmark and a standard that's so high that they've dropped a little bit below that now. And that's the reason why they're they're sitting in the table. What, what, What probably surprised them most and surprised everybody most, Liverpool have maintained that standard. 97 points last season, only one defeat. No defeats this season, dropped only two points. So while Manchester City have dropped off a little bit to that sort of level that we've seen in the past, Liverpool have kept it going. They've had injuries, Sané, Aguero, Zinchenko, Laporte. Outside of that, is there anything they could have done to prevent where they are right now, you think? Um, you, you can't say they should have bought more depth. Uh, you know, They almost have a laughable uh, bench in terms of putting out two first teams that could compete for a title. Um, it, it's where the injuries come. And, and, and also, to, to piggyback off of what Earl has to say, it's what they need to do to become successful. So, so Manchester City are... Um, their system is predicated on on a, a sequence, on almost choreographed and very specific sequence of possessing the ball and 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 playing in an attacking manner to get up the field and take risk with the ball. And what happens is when you lose a Laporte, who's excellent playing the ball out of the back, when you lose the defensive ability they enjoyed under him, now all of a sudden the domino effect of Fernandinho, who was excellent in the defensive midfield position, has to go back there. You know, it's almost they have to be so close to perfect to succeed, and when they're not, it breaks down because it's delicate. And Liverpool can win games and be irresistible because their system, it, it, it's not so, it's not so, it's not a circuit of things that have to go right on any given day. Pep says that they don't expect to add any players yeah. at this winter transfer window. Are you surprised? Is that the right call? That surprises me. And at some point, if this gap continues, Manchester City's focus will go on the Champions League. That's the one trophy they want. Here's my guarantee. With this side, without a centre-back coming in into, into the, the team in the window, they won't win the Champions League because one careless night knocks you out of the Champions League. And what we've seen of Manchester City this season is they've had a few careless days. Yeah, and, and 
If you asked them secretly, uh, Manchester City fans, Pep Guardiola would have said, listen, we were out to win a Champions League. When, when he came in here. Mm. The fact that they've won Premier League titles already in the way they want, this is the one they wanted. But, but they're, this is the worst they've ever been set up in a cup competition where one mistake loses things. It, think of Ajax as a game that, you know, that's a team that dies in beauty sometimes. Yeah. We saw it with Spurs last year. And, and it's, it's less the players injured, maybe some, some leaders of mm. past that Manchester City don't have to kind of get things together. Well, at this you moment. lead to, to one good point. And, and my final say in, in this argument is Vincent Company has been a huge yeah. loss at this football club. Not only what he does on the pitch, around the training ground, around the dressing room, making sure players are right. When you've got a pillar of your football club like that and he's gone, and then you add the Laporte injury to it, yeah. that's the reason Manchester City... Aguero being hurt is not uh, great a, either. A small, <laughs> a, a small bit of, yeah. uh, of difference there for Manchester City, who we're seeing some other players get uh, some opportunities. Manchester City do get the win. 4-1 the final score. They've had injuries. No Aguero, no Sané, no Zinchenko, no Laporte. They do have Jesus. They do have Rodri. They've got a lot of talent on that team. They have got talent. I thought they were excellent today. Let's forget about the talent for for one moment because we know that's for City. Let's talk about the mentality, the attitude, the way they went about their business. And I always think the turf malls become the new bet 365. It used to be, you know, how do you do it on a Tuesday night, cold, wet Tuesday night at Stoke? Well, now it's a cold, wet Tuesday night at Turf Moor. Today they went with appetite, they went with hunger, they competed for the balls they had to, and then the quality and attack. I mean, the four goals they scored all could be goal of the month contenders. Well, the important thing, too, is they've got a really tough stretch coming up, and we don't know how long Sergio Aguero is going to be out. I mean, he could be out for another game or two or could be back soon, but Gabriel Jesus, it doesn't matter who it's against. To, to get goals, especially in his position, where he's been waiting so long to get in there, and Robert, you know what it's like to be as good as he is, saying, hey, what do I have to do in training during the week to get in when, yeah. when this guy scores every single game? And so you don't wish for injury, but you take it as a challenge to step up. And today, if he didn't perform, Pep can find a way to play without a striker. And mm-hmm. so it was good for Gabriel Jesus to say, listen, I, I deserve to play. We've got a lot of competition left. Before today, we were saying City may be too far out of it, too far behind Liverpool to have a chance after seeing that performance? Does your opinion change at all? Well, that's their response. Everybody's saying they're out of it. They won't believe they are yet. They'll keep going. We've got an important period coming up now between now, Christmas, into the new year. Listen, if they continue to play that. That's as well as I've seen them play for the last for a few weeks now. They need a clean sheet at some point. <laughs> that, that, that'll, that'll help. It, it, yeah. close. No, I mean, listen, you're never going to rule this team out. I mean, they chased, what was it, from seven points. I mean, this is a much bigger ask than what they were asked to do last time they chased Liverpool. But I, I honestly, they're chasing with Leicester, too. I mean, it, you know, they're, they're, they have a game in hand and even on points with Leicester. So it's, it's not only about being good enough to beat Liverpool, but, man, they've got to do something special. And today was special. So it's keep, keep, keep special going. And, yeah, they have a chance. If City do win out, they finish with 101 points. Would have won the crazy. Premier League title like last year. <laughs> That's just 23 in a row, is all. Pep, well done. Uh, he wanted a reaction, I think, to the to the match of the weekend. And what did you get from your team tonight? <laughs> yeah, we play, we play a good game. We control them, and we didn't concede much, except one action in the first half and the goal in the late uh, last minutes. And but we play really well, the transitions and. We found the, the players in the positions we, we thought and, and the quality of our players made the difference. Uh, how do you sum up the quality of the goals? Really good. The first one it was an excellent from Gabriel. The second one it was a, a long, long possession, a transition, an incredible cross and finishing. And Riyad as well. And yeah, all goals was, were good. 
a, a goal scorer needs to score, of course, and Gabriel hadn't scored for 10 games for club and country, so it was important for him tonight to score. Of course, we, we need him, so the strikers are there to score goals and we need him. Uh, and today, because of his effort and commitment, and he's always there, but of course, the strikers like him and Sergio leaps from the goal and it was important. He's talked as well about, you know, when he comes in, there's a, a certain pressure he feels replacing Sergio. Of course, it's not easy, but uh, the team doesn't have uh, doubt about 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 him. So the periods of the strikers sometimes just score, sometimes don't. But we spoke, so we need the quality of the players up front to to make the difference. If done, it's, it's more difficult. Which goal did you prefer, Gabriel's first or his second? It doesn't matter, both. <laughs> <laughs> and Rodri tonight, um, in that holding midfield role, scores as well. How do you sum up his performance? It was incredible. was in his position and in the transition, offensive-defensive is so clever. And uh, he has much better the picture of our game, the picture of the players where they are in his head. <coughs> and uh, he's a fantastic player, so young, and I think he's adapted perfectly his physicality in this country. How much more will he offer, do you think? Because obviously he's relatively new to the Premier League. Yeah, but he got it um, because the guy who want to learn, listen, and the guy with training session is a uh, is is ready, and and that's why that's why always we can count on him without a problem. And that's why you can play Fernandinho uh, in defence if he plays that well. I know I, we are open to accept uh, your opinions, but uh, at the end we we know the quality of the players much better than all of you. And we know what the team needs in this moment, and and Fernandinho for his personality and and character and many many things is an important player. And I like him to play in his position. I said when we lost uh, some games, and I said or I say when we win. So it's a little bit different of all of you. So when we win is a perfect decision. When we lose is a bad decision. Is that the level, Pep, tonight that you're getting back to that you'll need now if you are to maintain? Uh, a title uh, challenge. Our level, uh, we are far away, so we cannot think about that. So our level was so good in 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 in, in most of most of part of the game. So I don't have the feeling that uh, we play bad in any single game. But sometimes <coughs> we need something, you know. <laughs> after back to back, sometimes you need time to to get after the holidays. In other situations that we we cannot control. And, but we control is try to continue in that way because the, the the level we play in in Newcastle was good as well. And but like we draw after we judge the result. But um, in in general, the level of the team I'm so more than satisfied, and they know it perfectly. Thank you. Well done. You're very welcome. Jose Mourinho mm. back at Old Trafford. What goes through your head when you see him walking around there? Now? On a night like tonight, when Liverpool are playing in the Merseyside derby and after their first Premier League title, he is the only man in the Premier League that could draw the attention away from that game and get the spotlight on him. And he's already got the spotlight. Listen, let me tell you one thing about Jose Mourinho and his peripheral vision. He knows where a camera is. So he knows exactly <laughs> what he's doing here, that this is all being snapped up. These shots are going all over the world. He's on a charm offensive at the moment in terms of the way his team play, the way he conducts himself and what he's putting out there in the media, Kyle. And this is just classic Jose making himself the subject of the night.
Is he changed? He looks happy. He looks different than when he was at, at Manchester I mean, he's United. Clearly not tucking a shirt in these days, <laughs> and, and he's changed in a good way. I mean, that is that is Jose Mourinho is absolute best. I mean, every little thing he does, there's a calculation behind it, and he makes it look casual, like a shirt being untucked. But he, he turns a game into a spectacle. Sometimes he takes the attention off himself for very strategic reasons for his players. Sometimes he does it to get everyone's attention on a game where he knows I'm a big game guy. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer might not be in this occasion. He's almost like the person on your block that, that before Thanksgiving is setting up Christmas ornaments. You know, try, trying to get everyone on the block saying, oh, my God, oh, should we be setting up for Christmas at this point, too? Yeah. And every little thing he does, shaking people's hands, hugging people, is to say, I'm comfortable here. I'm comfortable with what we're going to do today. I'm going to set up in a way that's going to make you uncomfortable. And then when we get on the field, that's when the next game starts. It's interesting because I looked at him over the last couple of weeks, and he looks a happier man at Spurs than I ever saw him at Manchester United. And the reason I think that is, I think he's got a better group of players. He's coming from a better base. And already we've seen three wins in the three games. Yes, they've conceded goals. Already we've seen players starting to look better under his tutelage and under his work. I think from Manchester United's point of view, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't want this one to go badly wrong. Wouldn't want this one to go in a way that Spurs dominate the game because sooner or later, questions are going to be asked about whether Solskjaer is good enough to be in charge of Manchester United. Yeah, and I I agree with that because um, with Jose Mourinho, listen, he's one of the greatest managers of all time, but there's still insecurity. He wants to go and say, look at what you lost. Look at what you left for this. Was it worth it? And so I think he's in a stronger position, not only because he's got a great group, um, but it's a chairman that hired him by firing their best ever manager, by firing someone the entire world wants. So he feels welcome. He feels wanted and and no chip on his shoulder because Manchester had had passed up on him at one point. So he's comfortable right now. But just think about, was it two, three weeks ago, Pochettino left that football club, one of the greatest managers that they've ever had, and things were on a down. I can't remember more optimism being around Spurs right at this moment. And guess why? Because of the special one. Liverpool 5-2, they get the victory. Liverpool is looking at this point like a team. You guys shake your head. I mean, we're getting to the point where we're discussing greatest Premier League seasons of all time, and Liverpool's right in the middle of one. 43 points out of a possible 45. It is remarkable. Um, Liverpool are now setting the standards that other people are finding difficult to keep up to. Uh, back in the day, it was Manchester United who, who would do it. They, they were the benchmark. Last season, they played title-winning football but didn't get a title because Manchester City was so good. This season, they've continued just on the same vein. And Jurgen Klopp has changed the personality of a football club from a great club that was doing well and would want to get to Champions League and has won Champions League to a football club now that is des- looks destined to win Premier League title. The Merseyside derby as, as, as a mark right now, first off of the disparity between these two clubs where Everton find themselves in the rele- relegation zone, but, but to be played off of the pitch today with a... B team for Liverpool. And, and, and listen, a B team for Liverpool is still an incredible side. You know, Liverpool rarely changed their squad. They've got a team that can beat you every game in, in a very similar way. Today, they, they show they've got something else. And, and Anfield has become a place where you basically mark it as zero points earned. I mean, it is an incredible place. It always has been. But now it has belief that they're going to go on and win a title behind it. And, and I think during this season, people have said, well, what happens if some of the front three don't play or get injured? Well, Origi comes in, scores goal. Shaqiris comes in, scores goal. Shows they've kind of got the depth that they need to down the track. How disappointed are you with the way you started uh, the game in particular? The way we started and the way we started the second half. 
Um, we started the second half with a goal that is impossible to, to concede. A through in, you are not alert, the fast through in, you are sleeping, and then you let uh, Rashford attack you, and then inside of the box is more difficult, is more difficult to defend. And it was clever to wait for that uh, for that contact. In the first half it was different because in the first half was the dynamics of the game, and they start more aggressive, they start more intense, and I think because of because of that. Uh, they deserve clearly to be in front, maybe maybe even to nil. Uh, but then we we took control of the game in the last part of the first half. And when I thought in the second half we should and we could, and I was certainly that we would improve, is when you concede that goal. And and that goal gave United the confidence to play the second half the way they the way they did. More defensive uh, fouls, taking that time, being intelligent, and controlling the game the best they could. Started off so strongly uh, in your previous games. Do you, you, you see this as a big step back or just a, just a small one? It's a step back against a team that uh, plays with the same objectives as we, as we do. I think the first objective is to come up in the table. The second one is to try to get in, in the top six, uh, which we are not far. And then, of course, the top four is far, was already far. But we need to we need to keep going. And uh, as I was saying to the players, we made mistakes, but it's not good now to be crying on them. It's just to learn from them, and uh, we have a difficult match on Saturday. And I know you said this, the chapter on this part of your career is closed, the Manchester United chapter. But the reception you got tonight from the Manchester United supporters? No, nice, polite, education, and with the, the people inside, what I was. What I was expecting, uh, very nice. Watch your face at the end there. They actually did quite a nice slow motion on it, okay. and it was a it was a lovely, satisfied, proud look on your face. I well, you're always happy when you win games. But these boys, they're uh, they're learning, improving all the time. Of course, we've we've said it so many times. There's going to be a few ups and downs, and tonight, I thought for long, long spells we were fantastic. Marcus Rashford, how would you describe that performance? Best he's had under me. Uh, mature, experienced, strong, uh, against a good team, against good players. And his, um, his, his penalty was calm and composed, goal. We know he's got strikes in him like this and he's had uh, three, four other chances. So, great performance. How important? was the performance and the win tonight, given the fact that Jose was back and the spotlight was on, the media pressure was here? Three points, uh, massive for us, because we, uh, we know we've, uh, we've had six, six draws this season, too many. We've, all, we've been in the winning position in all of them, and that's many points that we've given away from winning the games. Today was one of them as well, 1-0, one, one each. Are we going to be able to turn it around and, and win? We won. So... Um, it's a great lesson for uh, for us that what's happened the last two games, Villa and Sheffield United, and today we, uh, we 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 came back in a great manner. Solskjaer won't say it, so maybe we can say mm. it for him. It had to be very satisfying for him to beat Jose Mourinho today because his team was struggling. You get to yeah. do it against the old manager. You know what? He, he took Jose's swagger away from him today. He, Jose was charming and, and glowing before the game and shaking hands and all that. Tactically, I thought he, out, he outthought him. Rashford running off Ore on, on that left-hand side. Daniel James giving Vertonghen problems. He was a centre-back on the other side. McTominay and Fred. Fred, by the way, looked like a $67 million player today. That was because of McTominay, McTominay next to him. And I would say that's the best Premier League performance I've seen under Ollie. 
Jose Mourinho back in town. A decent Spurs team, three wins in the first three games. I thought they were excellent today. Yeah, and, Green, and Greenwood starting up top today. And, and yeah. listen, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has talked a lot about the talent of this young player. But to play with that maturity, he used that word for, for Rashford. But for a young player to play with that maturity in this game, he has to do a lot. To not have Martial available and kind of lose him last minute where he gets injured and can't get fit in time for the game. To not have Pogba in a game like this. And listen, maybe Pogba becomes a problem because Fred is upping his level. And, and McTominay, it's, it's, it's really harsh to drop him out of the team. But... All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has some champagne problems. He hasn't had those for a while. To get a good result, a result like this, it's going to be buzzing in training. And, and, and that's the kind of thing that you can build off of a, a really competitive week where, where you got a great result, you want to start the next game. I had a lot of those. He's had a lot of mm-hmm. guys putting their heads down in the locker room and wondering if they're going to start and where they're going to play. But you got to build off of this now. First loss for Tottenham under Jose Mourinho. Mm. Is, is the honeymoon over just like that? A little bit of learning, I think, yeah. today for Jose. Um, he'll know why some of the problems Pochettino's had. Obviously, the three win- wins before there. His team didn't get going to- today. A little bit in the first half when they got the goal. Didn't really get going second half. There's a bit of work to do, and this will show him. One clean sheet they've had all season. That's, That's the fewest of anybody yeah. in the Premier League. That's so not a Jose Mourinho team. And defence first, and then I have a preseason to jump into a team struggling defensively and have to get yeah. that right on the fly. It's like you know slapping the wings on the airplane when it's in the air. I mean, they have to get that right because they look very shaky in the back. Coaches and managers say sometimes it's better to have some losing tape so you can uh, learn some things. You'll learn more in losses than you do in wins. We'll see if Tottenham can do that. Everton now in the relegation zone. For all the talent in that dressing room, your dressing room, for all the money spent, how do you explain Everton being in the relegation zone? Really, really um, tough for us, but uh, if you are there, it's because you are making uh, uh, semi strengths. You are not uh, being strong enough to, to be in, uh, in a different position because it's the reality. Um, but, but why aren't the players doing it week in, week out for you? No, of course, um, I'm not uh, here to talk about the, the, the fighting of the players because they, they fight. Of course, the, um, our opponent was more brave than us and um, one big part of the challenge during, uh, during all the game. But you, we knew before the match how, how it's always tough for all the opponents when they came here, not just for us, but we, we should do better, of course. We, we were not good enough. Do you expect to be in the job at the weekend, Marco? Because obviously that's a situation that's been under constant review, it seems. Yeah, but he's not, I'm not the right person to, to, spo- to speak about or to talk about the situation or to answer direct to you. We have to answer for a different, different uh, person than myself. Um, it does make sense. You are, every game I will play, and it will come always the same question in the end of the, the match. We have to ask for the, the right person, not for me. But Everton clearly have to do something. They've got to get out of the relegation zone. For sure, for sure we have to do and start to do in, inside the, the pitch. And, of course, the words here doesn't will change nothing. Marco Silva says he's not the right person to ask whether he'll be around through the weekend. So I'll ask you guys, is he going to be around for the weekend? To be honest, I looked at him today and he looked a broken man. He looked haunted at the side of the pitch as he's watching his team 5-1. And, and it's got to hurt more than it's Liverpool, the biggest rivals. They're sitting top of the table, Everton, in, in the bottom three. And you look at the group of players, maybe they shouldn't be top of the table, but they shouldn't be in the, in the bottom three. So the manager has to take some, some culpability of, of what's going on. And I saw a stat that, that just amazed me with Everton. 24 times in the Premier League they've conceded the first goal, they don't win the game, which tells you everything about the spirit, the togetherness, the heart, the drive. The, the quality of this group is not coming through. It, uh, he's not going to be in the job, and I wouldn't be surprised if, it, if it's this weekend. Uh, it, mm. it's, a t- it's a tough call. 
Um, always to fire managers. It's not something you should ever take lightly. Um, but when you, when you look at the club, the investment, where they want to go, I mean, Leicester City is a club, if you're talking about Ever- the size of Everton, the investment they've put, that's where they want to be. I mean, they look at a Leicester that, that ha- ha- is not a bigger club, has not invested more, has, has a title recently and are in second place in the Premier League and get, get managers like Brendan Rodgers. They're talking about maybe going back to David Moyes. And so, you know, it, it's, t- it's tough for Everton fans in the position they're in because it's a phenomenal club, mm-hmm. a, a club that under Martinez recently and, and other years and even, even under David Moyes, I mean, you have to go back to David Moyes, which is why you can see them thinking maybe that's the option. That's the last time you, you thought, man, man, Everton will never be in a relegation fight. They will never be down at the bottom of the table. This is a great club that should, should aspire to be more, but they're way off the pace. The right biggest now. problem they might have, the next three games, Chelsea... Manchester United, Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Not sure if I'm, mind you, I want to take this Everton team and get three, come after three, three defeats. Yeah, like maybe yeah. wait a little while. Well, I mean, I just don't believe, and he doesn't stay at clubs long, even when he's performing well. I just don't believe he can get them out of the situation. There's enough evidence to suggest he can. Now, now th- there's a tough situation of new managers not going to all of a sudden turn these guys, and that's sure. what the players are saying. Yeah. They're not good enough right now, and that's a big problem for a new manager. Are they in serious danger of relegation, you think? They're in the relegation zone right Absolutely. now? Absolutely, mm-hmm. and, and they're the, the big club that's too good to go down that goes down. Yeah, yeah so is Aston Villa, and mm-hmm. so are sure. some of these other sure. clubs. Yeah, They're in the relegation zone this late in the season for the first time since 1999. Well, disappointment for Jose Mourinho on his return to Old Trafford, but Lee tonight was about Manchester United and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. You described their performance against Villa at the weekend as pedestrian. Yeah. Where did that improve tonight? Well, it was anything but. I thought they, they mastered the midfield. I think uh, uh, the weekend that we saw last weekend, they were very slow from the build-up from the back. Uh, Fred and Pereira really almost a lethargy in them. The way that they passed the ball out didn't really get the forwards in the game quickly. Quite easy to defend against. Today I thought they dominated the midfield and I think Matomini just gives them that little bit of extra energy in there. Drive forward. He's also an enforcer as well. So I thought they won a lot of ball back from Tottenham in that area and then they sprang their fast players up front. So I think the game plan really worked today. There was an energy about the crowd as well today. Maybe Mm. that's because Jose was here. I don't know. and he wanted to get one over on him, but uh, he won't have enjoyed tonight. Although it was reasonably close at the end, I don't think Jose would have enjoyed his, his comeback because Tottenham weren't really in it that much at all. They didn't really create an awful lot in goal in did, front of goal. Did Marcus Rashford play as if he had a point to make as well? Absolutely. I thought he was well. He was man of the match with with his goals and his and his striking and the way he caused problems. He, he was always direct. He affects the game. If you affect a game and you call Marcus Rashford then you're buzzing and that's how he plays the game and it's a great goal from Deli Alli though goal of the, of mm. the night mm. so far but um, I think Marcus Rashford was, his, was the difference So a first defeat as Tottenham manager for Jose Mourinho and Manchester United leap above them in the Premier League table As for league news following yesterday's 5-2 loss to Liverpool Everton's majority shareholder and board members are reportedly at the club's training ground deciding the future of manager Marco Silva. Everton now has nine Premier League losses, sits 18th in the table. So, as we sit here right now discussing this, Robbie Muster, are you surprised that Marco Silva still at this point has a job? Not necessarily right now. I think um, you always want to give a manager every opportunity to get himself and his team out of trouble. Going into the bottom three, is a, is a game changer. It really is. Alarm bells are ringing at the football club. All of a sudden, the pressure mounts on the team and on Marco Silva. If you look back at the data, in fact, 18 months now in the job, 
three transfer windows, $264 million worth of new talent. Now, granted, they're not all his decisions, and some of those players haven't been great, but that's a lot of money, that's a lot of new players, and that's real underachievement given the squad and given where they are right now on the table. This still has the feel that it's imminent, mm. and not just because I'm here. And I was going to say, Liam McHugh sitting in the yes. chair, the Grim Reaper. Sorry, Marcus. Yes, the Silver, kiss of death to all but. managers. So if that's the case, mm. where do they go? Looked at this guy yesterday. He's had time, 18 months. He's had money, Robbie Musto has talked about it, $264 million. Spent it on players who've gone to that football club. Players become worse, and their reputation becomes worse under him. So something's got to change. We are now in emergency situation. Everton in the bottom three. Emergency calls for one big man to put a fire out. Fireman Sam, Sam Allardyce, get him on the phone, tell him you want him, tell him he need a six-month job to keep Everton in the Premier League. That is all that is in question at the moment. Find a guy, whether it's short-term, to keep them in the league. See, I mean, are, you, are you OK? Would the Everton fans be OK to go back to a guy that, that did the job a couple yeah, of years ago, yeah. got him out of trouble, and by the end of it, the, the, the fans are... are, are, are are not happy with this guy being I'll take in the first bit. Did the job. And then after that, oh, it, gives, you, it oh. gives me six months, Rob, to work out who the right guy might be, where the right guy is, and don't have to rush an appointment that could be the wrong me, thing let me, again. Let me, let me chuck this name in for you. Rafa Benitez, mm. managing in China. Mm. Their season's just finished. Like now, it. we all know the connection that he has, former yeah. manager Liverpool. And emotions-wise, I don't know where that leaves him or the Liverpool fans or the Everton fans, for that matter. But I tell you what, in terms of football and what he could bring to the club with his style, his experience, his respect that he's got in the game, knowing the Premier League has been a recent manager at Newcastle United... Isn't that a better name, Rob? Is it, is it Sam Allardyce that can do the same yeah, thing defensively? It, how doable and it, and, is it, And Rob? then you get the potential to go do good things with how Rafa. How doable is it well, for Rafa Benitez to, to maybe taint his legacy a bit of what he's done at Liverpool, to go into to Everton Football Club? It's complicated. It's, it's, it's a great name, you agree, but I'm, I'm not you, sure. You must agree that would be a better person to be in that chair, forget everything else... And get that team out of trouble. No, no, I mean, not sure. Wins, more so, complicated so, so, for what, him or more complicated for the fans? Well, well here's the balance, Rob. Well, for the fans, certainly. Sam Allardyce's football against Rafa Benitez's Liverpool connection. How's it weigh? I've taken Rafa Benitez, even with a Liverpool. If I'm an Everton fan, I get it. I'll tell you what, they're in such a situation and they're fed up with using different managers and going back to Big Sam or to David Moyes to come back and try and rescue them. Mm. Bring somebody that's going to give them some hope. And I get it. It's not going to be easy. The former Liverpool manager. And, and it might be too much of a bridge, but I tell you what, he'd, he'd be I'm, ideal guy. I'm, 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 I'm Big Sam, fire department. Yeah, fire department. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're not worried about inspiring. It's about no. survival at this survival. point. Fire could get worse here. Oh. Could get worse. You're talking about against Chelsea, at mm-hmm. Manchester United, mm-hmm. against Arsenal next yes. week. Something's got to happen. And some, there'll be some managers who look at those next three fixtures and go, mm, I'll maybe just leave it till after that. <laughs> Sam Allardyce will go in and say, well, we'll get a nil-nil against Chelsea, we'll ball a, a draw out of Manchester United and we'll get points. Get him on the phone. If it is Rafa Benitez, it would be historic. When you consider the idea of managers, both Liverpool mm. and Everton, we need to dig very right. deep. Researchers come up with late 1800s. William Edward Barclay. There you go. And then Rafa it's been Benitez. done before. And then, and then Rafa Benitez. It, also, yeah, it's been done before. It's <laughs> we'll been see. a long time. We'll, we'll see, see if that happens. <clears throat> Multiple reports right now coming out. Marco Silva has, in fact, <clears throat> been fired. We discussed that very possibility earlier on in the show. One thing we didn't mention is you look at where they stand yeah. and how bad the season has started. Yeah. This is a roster that both of you believe better. far yeah. better. Yeah. But right now, I don't care about style. 
I don't care about the roster and, and what we get out of players. I want a guarantee. Liam McHugh sitting in the chair, the guarantee was the manager's going to get sacked. I want a guarantee to stay in the Premier League. Sam Allardyce gives me that guarantee. I make a call, I get him in, he gets to work. You know what I feel? I feel for the fans of Everton. I mean, they must be so frustrated. They have a majority share owner that's put a lot of money in that, that, that is involved, that wants to grow, wants to appoint, wants to... It must New be so frustrating. New stadiums are yeah. planned. I yeah. mean, I, I would just say, please pick the right guy. Don't go for a short-term fix that's just going to frustrate, it's just going to do the job. The squad is good enough, Liam, in my opinion, to pick somebody with a little bit more hope for the Everton fans, not just a firefighter in Sam Allardyce. The squad, mm. I believe, is good enough. A couple of victories to get them out of this, this situation they're in right now. It's just take the time, use Marcel Brands, the, the sporting director, the guy that they employ, they pay to make the footballing decisions, trust his judgment. Again, according to multiple reports, Marco Silva has been sacked by Everton. Worst winless run for Arsenal since March of 1977. You want to know how long ago that was? Freddie Lundberg was born April 1977. You saw Freddie Lundberg come in, caretaker, manager, and in their first match, they come from behind twice. They get a draw. Wanted to see another step here. What did you see? I saw a football club with a lack of identity. A football club that has no spirit right now, that has lost its personality, And this job of resurrecting this football club is becoming harder and bigger by the game. There's one point difference now between Brighton Football Club and Arsenal Football Club. Talk about Manchester City and Liverpool, they're in another league. But talk about Leicester and Chelsea, they are going in a different direction than Arsenal right now. This job is huge, and the sooner somebody relieves Freddie of his position and gets hold of this football club and starts to work, the better for Arsenal. They're in trouble. The, f- the club's in trouble. You give a stat there about the 70s. I, haven't, I can't remember a worse Arsenal team than that for many, many years mm-hmm. before Arsene Wenger. I mean, the second half, he tried to change things a little bit. Shambles. Players didn't know whether they're going forward or running back. There's players out there playing that, that I, I, I don't think care. Gunnar Xhaka with all the stick that he's got, does he care? Mesut Ozil having a go at the end there, does he care? And worryingly, in the first half, they tried to defend but couldn't. So they tried to be more defensive but, but still couldn't do it. I, I really don't know where the club goes from here. I look at the ownership, the hierarchy. I'm not sure about the ownership, how much they want to win. Are they going to get the right guy the next time? How long are they going to keep with Freddie? Mm-hmm. It, it, it looks like a mess. Why, why sack Emery and not have the, the, the ready kind of replacement? What, you sack him because you think the players are there that... The, are better than what they're showing. But they're not. They're not. They're not. They're not good enough players, are they? I mean, I, I, there are some good players there. Maybe it takes a coach. It's going to take. It's going to take a long building process to try and make them play as a team. There was no aspect of a team effort in there whatsoever in terms of with the ball or without the ball. Heads are down. Players don't want to play. Inexperienced guy in charge now. It's a mess. You talk about talent, but. Maybe not the talent to compete with some of the teams that you mentioned yeah. before, but certainly the talent out there that you should be at home and you should be able to beat Brighton or at least pull off a draw here. Brighton, however, has an identity. Absolutely. They know who they are. And what's really interesting with Brighton is they sacked Chris Hutton, who kept them in the league, and people weren't sure about that. They go and get a guy, Graham Potter, who's put a footprint down on the football club, starting to evolve what you can see. And as you said, you can kind of see what Brighton are trying to do and where they're trying to get. More so than an Arsenal football club, the great Arsenal football club, who at the moment, I'm scratching my head saying, who are these players? And with 
Freddie Lundberg, we talked about some of the things he wanted to fix ASAP, and it seemed like in the first half he was he tightening things up. Yeah. More questions now, though, would yeah. you say? Well, yeah, because he, he tried it in the first half, and, and they were very defensive, and it's difficult to attack going forward. And then second half, of course, they, they go behind, and then it's you know every man for himself, and everybody's doing everything else. So he's got to get back to, to, to scratch again and go back to try and build a foundation. And if it means he nil-nils it a little bit and stinks it up a little bit just to try and get a, a, a remnant of a foundation for defence, that's what he's got to do. Well, Hector, the, a lot of expectation around tonight, a bit of a bounce effect from Freddie taking over as an interim manager first home game. Didn't happen. To be fair, I don't even know what to say. You know, I have the feeling that um, whatever we're doing, it just doesn't come out right. I feel the team gave its best, especially, you know, you could see how he pushed in the, in the second half, created chances every time, uh, every single player was going for every ball. We defended good, um, you know, but it seems like we need so many chances to score a goal and other teams with the smallest chances they score and, um, you know, it sounds it sounds a bit, uh, you know, uh, hard to say, but it's, sometimes it's like um, lost for words a little bit. You heard the boos at the end, though. Uh, I think the fans feel that they probably should have seen better from the players tonight. Um, I think, you know, from the pitch, uh, from how hard we've been working this week, from everything... Every single player has given their 100%, the coaches as well. And, um, you know, when we come out on that pitch, everyone wants to win. Everyone wants to give the best for that shirt. And, uh, you know, sometimes, I don't know, as I say, it's, it's just hard to say. I feel like, especially in the second half, the team was full of energy. We have a goal disallowed, um, you know, which uh, it was rightly disallowed anyway. But, um, you know, as I say, it's just, it's just hard to take for us. But we need to keep keep going we cannot give up we need to keep playing like the second half and I'm sure 100% that the results are going to come so from those who will criticise Arsenal they'll, they'll look at the form the run of form it's the worst start to a season now since the 1970s mm -hmm. they're pretty stark statistics yeah they are hard but um, football it's like life sometimes you go through ups and downs you know um, well, I've been at this club for, for 10 years I've won trophies uh, I've had bad seasons I've had good seasons so you know, and this is how it is. We learn from the good moments and we learn from the bad moments. And, you know, we're Arsenal Football Club. We need to show our character. And as I say, I'm sure 100% that if we keep fighting and we keep training and we keep learning the way we're doing, we're going to come back on top. And a word finally on, on the interim manager, Freddie Lundberg. Obviously not a great start for him. It won't help his chances, potentially, of landing the job. You know, for us... Uh, uh, Freddie has has held the team a lot in in this week. You know, um, I think he's added a lot of energy to the dressing room. And uh, you know, whoever whoever is there, we're gonna give a hundred percent. It's our job as as players, and you know, uh, we're gonna give a hundred percent for Freddie. Well, Freddie, you heard the boos at the end from the crowd. Uh, tough night to take for the for the supporters, and, and no doubt for you. Of course, it is disappointing, but um, I have to keep on going. Um, Players are low on confidence, I think people can see that, but um, we had a bit of reaction, I felt, in the second half. We had a little uh, discussion at half-time and we had a good reaction for the second half, but we need to start the game like that. That can't be at half-time. Uh, that's the biggest disappointment I have, at least second half, they gave it a crack. Um, it's that tough. It's Arsenal's worst start to a season since the 70s. When you look around that dressing room, you see the talent. How do you explain that? Yeah, it was that easy, anyone uh, would know. But um, we're in a difficult situation. We've lost a lot of games. The confidence gone down. Um, that's the main thing. If you look at how we started the game, no energy, we were very flat. Uh, we that's confidence. 
in my opinion, is confidence. Of course, we are. It's my job to get them to uh, to be more aggressive or have more energy. But at the same time, I think they have that. We start the game; they have energy. But uh, I think it's a bit of confidence. Flat confidence. Mm. Lack of energy. Mm. What do you do right now if you're Freddie Lombard? It's interesting because everything he wasn't as a player was effervescent. He was creative. He was always involved in the games. But I feel a little bit for Freddie there because he hasn't got the tools necessary to get players out. And great players have, have poor confidence, have a drop in form. And that's where Arsenal are now. And he hasn't got any body of work that he can go back to, that he can rely on, that he can recall, that gives him the basis to get them out of this funk at the moment. And, and, and where Arsenal are at the moment, they need experience. They need experience. They need a proven Premier League manager. Mm. Um, to, to turn this around. I mean, even Pair Motorsacker on the, on, you know, his assistant has, has no experience mm. in this kind of situation, sitting on that particular seat there. I didn't like the second half. He says he liked the second half. More energy, yeah, more energy, but Brighton could have scored a couple of goals. They shouldn't be in a game with Brighton where we don't really know which way the game's going to go. The control is not there at the moment. Just so much to do. They didn't seem to sustain momentum. They get the goal from Lacazette, and then right back well, Brighton comes be, and has opportunities. It, to be fair, the team balance has always been the issue, hasn't yeah. it, Duna Emery? Team balance. When to attack, when to defend, getting the balance right has, has been a problem, and it, and it continues to be to do so. But sometimes as well, what, what you can try and get in the dressing room, and, and in my days back at Wimbledon in the old days, if you haven't got a great ability and you're not playing well, have a bit of spirit about you. Go into the group and, and be motivated and have a go. Arsenal don't have that either at the moment. And unless you get those basics right, you have no chance of winning football matches. More lineup changes? <sighs> Probably. I mean, West Ham United away point. on Monday. Yeah. So another. Which is a worry. Uh, London derby. You kind of need some consistency at this yeah. moment. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC Podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN. I'm Rebecca Lowe. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.